recording. Good morning. What's up, Amanda? Good morning, Mark. Hi, Good evening, up? Mark. Hi. <laughs> morning for us. Good evening, Mark, for you. <laughs> How are you great. doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Thank you for coming on. We're really happy to have you. I'm going to introduce you this morning. Uh, our guest today is Mark Limbaga. Uh, first of all, let's see here. Mark is a Strong First Elite coach and a, an original strength coach, a former strength and conditioning coach. He is part of the Philippine Boxing Team Advisory Board and a consultant to various gyms in the Metro Manila area. He's a workshop presenter, a husband, and a father. Many things, Mark. Welcome. Yes, I wear many hats. You do. <laughs> Welcome. So tell us, what have you been doing this last uh, couple of months? Well, I've been trying to transition most of uh, my students to an online platform since I remember when over here, we were told that we're going to go into quarantine. So... I remember because I was at one of the gyms where I teach. So when we were just waiting for the news and we had an idea what's going to happen, everyone was talking like, okay, so who will take home this equipment? Which equipment has to stay here and whatnot? So as soon as I found out back then, because one of my workmates who's also my student lives about five blocks from where I live. So originally my plan was I was just going to pay a visit to him whenever I needed to train. But then... As we started hearing the news, I got quote unquote grounded. So my wife asked me, could you just grab the equipment and bring it over to our house? Because the less you move around, the safer we will be. So I said, it does make sense. So I brought in some kettlebells and then I have some puzzle mats. So I have like a makeshift courage corner over here. And then I started calling all of my students and tell the, told them uh, what's up and what's going to be happening. And if they don't mind moving to an online platform, and a lot of them said yes. Some of them are still figuring out their schedules, but so far it's been good. Good, good. So you're doing mostly you kettlebell doing? stuff online? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of kettlebell and movement stuff online. So that's what's been keeping me busy. So I would probably like have three to four, if I get really busy, uh, calls in a day. Some, if I, and some days I have no calls, which is good because I get to kick back and relax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you using Zoom like we're doing right now, or are you uh, like just yeah. kind of? I use Zoom. FaceTime? Depending on how, if it's a one-on-one -on -one thing, sometimes FaceTime is enough. Sometimes I use Zoom, and I have another student who loves Skype, so we use Skype. Anything that, as long as we see each other, that's more than enough, and uh, the speed's good, then we're ready to rock and roll. That's great. Good deal. And most of your people are there. Are you in Manila? Is that where you live? I'm in Metro Manila. I'm actually in Quezon City. So this okay. is the biggest part of Metro Manila. Mm -hmm. If I recall, we're like 10 million in population here. Wow. I just have to check the stats again. But from the airport, it would take about an hour or so with, uh, depending on how good or how bad the traffic is. Right. Okay. What, um, how is the, the COVID-19 have you been able to keep it under control there or right. good mm, we have a little over 10,000 confirmed cases and I think we have around 600 something deaths and about double the number of recoveries for that so that's the story the 
district where I am in Quezon City, you can count on one hand the number of cases we've had because we've been very strict. So good way to describe it is the, na- the next town, when we found out that there was a death, we locked down the border. So we can go out, but, uh, but if you're not from this, ta- this area, this town, we won't let you in. Hmm. Right. Hmm. And is there like police enforcing that or is it just the citizens yeah, that are there's, saying? There's some military, military people, there's some police. So we have quarantine passes for those who can go out and do the essential errands. Mm-hmm. They're doing that a little bit in America. I uh, mm-hmm. have some friends who are trying to go to Florida to their beach house and they mm-hmm. had to prove that they had a residence there. Otherwise they mm-hmm. weren't going to let them cross the border. Yeah, the the less movement that we Mm -hmm. uh, have overall, that would probably really slow it down. So, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic as possible, as much as possible. So, because we all just want to get back to where we were, or at least to some form of it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And what about your kids? How old are your children? I have a two-year and four-month-old son. So they weren't doing school. That's good. No, not any. It's for him. It's a treat because everyone uh, in his family he gets to see on a daily basis right now. Because where we live, right next door, uh, my wife's parents live, so we basically just uh, stay in one big uh, area. And so for him, it's a treat. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Good family time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like my wife actually did me a solid because she distracted my kid so I could run over here and do this with you. <laughs> oh, good. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's great. So, so Mark, you have a lot of, um, I, I know that you're, and Amanda mentioned that um, you're an original strength instructor. Yeah. You have a big, and I've no, coach always- Actually, yeah, I'm not, in a, I'm not an instructor. That, the instructor okay. is those who can actually hold the pressing reset courses. So oh, okay. this is basically like a level two uh, rank. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, the original strength? And because I, I, it seems like since I've seen, kind of got to know you online, you've always been um, doing a lot of that. And I like the original strength. I've only just studied it on my own and put it into practice. But mm-hmm. so, how did I get into it? Sure. How'd you? Get I've into been it? a big follower of Jeff Newport, and in his old newsletter, he was talking about original strength. So, as an act of faith because his, his stuff is really good. I bought the book and then tried it out. And then to my surprise, my first aha moment was on my wedding day, I was wearing uh, Bradford, so uh, elevator shoes. And that evening when we were winding down, I had some knee discomfort. So I was doing some of the resets. And then two days later, I was back to work and I was able to actually do a double a uh, 30 pound bottoms up pistol so i was so mind blown so i figured hey this stuff really works and through the through the years when i've been sharing it with a lot of my friends my students a lot of them reported similar things so that's what really got me going and i haven't looked back ever since cool and you're still teaching that or yep using it with still your still teaching students. it still practicing it yes mm-hmm. do you do it as part of your warm up do you do it throughout the day or where do you That's recommend people put that in their practice? We jokingly say it's like a condiment. You can put it with, well, with, or with uh, any meal that you want. Well, if, except dessert, except, except if you're crazy and you want to try that. But I would do like some resets 
uh, as, as part of my warm-up and cool-down. Sometimes, depending on my training structure, I would insert some resets in between movements. So, for example, sometimes after a set of like doing some presses, I would probably do some backward crawling or some rocking. So it really depends on the structure. But to answer, it's basically all throughout my training regimen. I've noticed watching your videos, you are, you're incredibly strong. And it, yeah. it looks For someone very working up. in the Iron Maiden, I take that as a big compliment. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and for someone who's done the Sinister, I mean, it's really humbling. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah, um, thank you. It really looks very flawless and effortless, though, your, your lifts. And do you kind of attribute that to original strength? I would say yes, since it's helped me be resilient and it, it's also due to, I guess I would say, a lot of uh, diligent practice because you don't get strong overnight. We all know that, right? Oh, right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Consistency. So how many years have you been a coach? I originally got into this in 2006 by accident since I was a member of my old gym. Yeah. And then I was kind of chatty with the head coach and director uh, of the company that owned it. And then he said, hey, you know what? Next week, we're probably going to be opening an internship since some of the scholars that we've had might be interested. Then I said, I, hey, you think I could join in? Then he said, I, I'm glad you asked. You know, we'd, we'd gladly have you. So the internship was six months. And what happened was I was one of the few who got elevated and was given a, a slot uh, for part-time and full-time. And then... I was doing like 15 to 20 hour work weeks then. And then I eventually transitioned to full time. And this was around, yeah, late early 2007. And then when they opened a second branch, they assigned me there. And then they were trying to groom me to be part of the senior staff. And then fast forward a few years later, I discovered this cannonball with a handle and then fell in love with it decided uh, later on to get certified in it and that's how I ended up where I am right now. So that's like the fast, the short version of the long version as you know, all know and love to say. Right. So are you still in those gyms? Are you still affiliated mm. with those? Unfortunately, the gym where I started closed down a few years back and I had to move around. So, I mean, that's part of history. That's part of life. So there's Whenever one door closes, another door opens. Correct. Right. Very true. Yeah. So do you have your own training space now? Uh, where Actually, where I train at two gyms primarily. So the gym where I train at in the mornings, it's more of like a consultant job because I teach most of the kettlebell, my kettlebell classes there. Then I also run my workshops there. So And I also help some of their staff. And the other gym where I teach mostly in the afternoons, I'm an uh, independent contractor. Okay. That's the way to go. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to own a gym just because I know how much stress it can cost from the utility bills, the payroll, the overhead, but anyone who does that, you have my respect. Right. Yeah. We're all independent contractors at my gym and it works really, really well. You know, mm -hmm. I'm the leaseholder um, and the, the creator of the LLC, but other than that, we're all independent and it just flows really nicely and everyone's their yeah, own they like they take yep. ownership of their things. So it, it's perfect. I love it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. 
Yeah. So um, what's your plan for when we come out of this? Would uh, You'll go back to those two locations, I'm sure, right? That's definitely the plan. Then, of course, we just want to make sure that social distancing and the sanitation procedures are put in place so that everyone can feel safe and confident that they, when they step in that the chances of catching the virus are slim to none. That would be the first one. And we'll go from there. I mean, we really don't know because we're going to be stepping into the unknown. And any idea when that might happen? Trying to be optimistic. I really, really hope it will happen at the tail end of summer, your, your hemisphere, because over here it's only hot season or rainy season or even hotter season. <laughs> Kind of sounds like where I live. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We're already kind of opening up here. Amy's where she's located in the U.S. is they're uh, not quite as far into this as, as we are, but it hit us pretty early on. You're so in the Midwest, right? I'm in Louisiana. I'm two hours north of New Orleans and mm. New Orleans got it with a vengeance. And so they got on top of it really quickly here, you know? Mm we had to so yeah and amy you're in portland near portland right mm, well i'm in oregon but i'm on the southern oregon coast so i'm fairly rural and mm-hmm. actually my county um had zero cases up until mm, about three weeks ago and um but then we had some cases associated with the minimum security prison i mm-hmm. i believe all but one case is associated with that facility and it's been kind of sad because people are haven't really been so nice to the to the people that work at the prison and Mm -hmm. um the county commissioners actually had to come out with a statement you know a non-discrimination statement um and i don't train full-time i work in my family's business which is a a small ford dealership and you know Mm -hmm. the the prison had a truck that needed to come in for service and we're like, sure, we'll work on it. We're just going to let it sit for a couple days and we can, we can fix it. I mean, it, because we had zero cases for so long, people were just like kind of getting into this, keep every, well, like it was, let's keep people out, but it was, but it was almost turning to a frenzy. And then once they, once the, once there was a confirmed case, there was a lot of blame and it's like, Hey guys, mm-hmm. we can still just keep ourselves safe, wash our hands, yeah. wear your mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but our, our hospital has not, I don't think anybody's been hospitalized at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, kind of, kind of similar here. Cause mm-hmm. the, the place where I am, like I said, the, the next uh, district, they sometimes go into our area. So, cause we have like a grocery, the drugstore's right at, right at the border. And we, we locked it down, and so no one can go in. So we have to go around. When everything is basically, I would say, like within like two miles. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, it's, it, it's tough, but we have to, everyone has to do what they have to do is to keep safe for the meantime. Yeah. I'm sure that as things progress, we will slowly loosen up a bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's kind of where we are now, too. Because once they started lifting the uh, the bans on certain businesses and stuff, yeah. all of a sudden you're seeing people out and about a lot more. And I just mm-hmm. hope people don't get too careless with it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. 
just keep it still very uh, as safe as possible, you know. For sure. Yeah. So look, were you uh, back to train <coughs> training, excuse me, uh, with kettlebells, were you RKC mm -hmm. or did you start with SFG? Where, where were you? Okay. When I decided to do uh, my certification back then in 2012, that was RKC. Yeah. All right. And I, I remember because a friend of mine, he's a GS guy, but he's the one who introduced me to the RKC world in a way. And when I signed up, that's when the, the split was going to happen. And then he was the one who actually heard about it first. So he was uh, sending me all the information and he was saying that, hey, just giving you a heads up because I don't want you to get into any dilemma down the road. So it was funny because you were start that's when you could just you could see where uh, who is going to be moving to strong first and who is going to be staying and i did my rkc back then in melbourne australia okay <laughs> so it, it was fun i mean yeah. it was scorching hot there and for someone of my ethnicity to say that because i got sunburned <laughs> it was bad huh? and i think we did yeah i think we did like Gosh, I think 500 swings on day one, and I was cramping so bad after. <laughs> and then, yeah, so going back after that, I, I decided that, okay, I want to go where the people who influence my way of training and my way of thinking how I would be training people, uh, other people and myself are at Strong First. So it was a no-brainer. I, I switched over. Yeah. That sort of happened to me. I did not do RKC, but my coach was RKC, and he was in mm -hmm. Florida. And I would drive down uh, once a month and then, you know, train virtually with him. And mm -hmm. um, he was like, you're ready for the RKC. Let's go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. And then he also got wind of the split and I ended up waiting and I did the first uh, cert with Strong First in Houston. The one in Texas? Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's some, here, a little trivia. I don't know which team you were on, but one, one of um, my, one, she's, I think she's no longer certified with us. But she was on Karen's uh, team, Karen Smith's team. Okay. She's a distant relative of mine. Oh, really? What was her yeah. name? Uh, Rowena Litau. I remember her. Yeah, I was on yep. Jason Marshall's team, but I do remember her. Oh, yeah. It was a big yeah. group. And I mean, all yeah, yeah. of the, the heavy hitters were there and Pavel was there. And mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was really tough, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I believe uh, Rowy, as we call her, is Renata Music's best friend. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Small world. That's great. That's great. Mar uh, Amanda's training partner for that was Tracy Rifkin. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, you definitely had to step it up. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, no. Oh. And Eugene Corson was on my team also. They at first put me with him. And you know Eugene, right? Yeah, yeah. Huge. He is massive. And I mean, I was just laughing. I was like, oh, this is going to be funny. And then finally, they put Tracy and I together. We were all on Jason's team. And I am, we're friends and we laugh about it now, but I know she just wanted to kick me to the curb. Because <laughs> I was not ready, not like her. She did her snatch test with a 22 kilogram bill. And if I'm saying yeah, that, I, that, that I remember. She finished in uh, like 450, if I remember it right. Because as soon as you guys were done, the video was going around social media back then. And a yeah. lot of us were just like really, really impressed. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember course. watching that video and Mark was, was kind of in the background saying, oh, she's doing it with the 20 or the 22? 
oh, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> he knew. <laughs> she was very, very prepared. And when I did yeah. mine, I was not, I did not pass my snatch test. So I had to video it. Mm. And, and then um, I just wasn't prepared. I, I think I just kind of psyched myself out too much, but mm. When I was doing it, I looked at her and she was just cheering me on and she started crying. And then I started crying. I was like, oh my gosh. She's like, I'm really, really proud of you. Then I'm like, okay, we're friends. She doesn't hate me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Time flies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. We talked about that with um, John Auden last week about those um, times when you get super emotional. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, Amanda and I were texting about things we've seen, places we've been mm -hmm. that kind of bring on that emotion and you'll cry. Like we both, we were in Ireland mm -hmm. together a couple of years ago and we both mm -hmm. cried at, I wish I could remember the name of the fort we were, but we were in the Aran Islands and oh, just are overwhelmed. But I cried after my snatch test. <laughs> I was not like sobbing, but like I was so, I was so just emotional about it and all the people and the cheering. And I was just kind of like, Oh, wow, this is this is a big deal. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's there's always this one event. It's either the first one you do, or mm -hmm. one of the events that you attend as a student or as an assistant, and something just hits you. Yeah, because yeah. I remember, like, I was at the uh, Taipei SFB late last year, and I could just feel the emotions. I was really trying to hold back my uh, my tears uh, on Sunday on day three because um. John uh, John Ingram asked me to do the what is SFG speech, and oh. the funny thing is, one of my students was there as as, as a candidate, and beforehand, because uh, I was assisting the SFB, and then after we were done, John asked me to shift to the SFG, and then I found out I think a week before the event that I was going to give the what is SFG speech, and I was telling my student. Dude, you should, you are lucky. I don't know who's gonna give the what is SFG speech, but listen to that because I said that's the code is what makes things way different. You know, I said you could be really strong and whatnot, but when you understand the code, it makes you think uh, uh, of things differently. And then I found out it was me. And then and when John said, "Oh, so Mark's gonna be giving the speech," and he was like looking at me, and I go, "I was like surprised," and, and I was giving it. I was like. You know, you could feel all the emotions go through you. And I said, wow, you know, you, you, you read it in your manual, you hear people talk about it, but when you're the one giving it, it just feels so different. And I was like, afterwards, I, I was just like so drained. And I like had to take a few minutes just to recharge myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm, uh, I don't know if either of you have read any Eckhart Tolle books but he talks about that. Like those moments, like when we were just saying like somewhere that kind of takes you by surprise and puts you so in the moment that you have no choice but to be in the here and now, like nothing else mm -hmm. past and present or past and future don't exist. You are in that mm -hmm. by surprise. And I think those things like that, when you were giving that speech, you know, you had no choice but to be right in that moment only not thinking about what you need to do tomorrow or what you did yesterday. Yeah. Like we go through life doing, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's Amy and I were saying, we need more moments like that because it just really makes you alive, you know, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Amanda and I, and I, were you an athlete when you were young? Did you play sports Mark at all? Yeah. Or? I'm, I'm Filipino and a lot of Filipinos are addicted to basketball. You'll be surprised. Okay. We're not that tall, Perfect. but we love our basketball. 
so, and I played a little basketball and, and I mean, it was never good, but you may, you have those games sometimes though, where you're just, mm -hmm. and it's the zone. I mean, I can remember yeah. watching Michael Jordan just mm -hmm. single-handedly killing the trailblazers <laughs> when they were supposed to win the championship. This was like yeah. 20 some years ago, but he just was in the zone. And I'm not even a huge basketball fan, but like mm -hmm. you just watch some of those games when these guys are on and or golf too, you see Tiger yeah. Woods just in that zone mm -hmm. and he come and he it's, and it's amazing. And it's weird. Cause I'm not like a huge sports spectator fan. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like to just sit and watch it, but when you see something like that, it's very cool. So, yeah. When Amanda you see someone just totally skier. dominate. Yeah. Did you ever get that skiing, Amanda? Amanda skied in college, have those yeah. races where you were just like in it. Yeah, yeah definitely. And yeah, because you're, you know, my event was giant slalom. And so you're going so fast and you have to be so controlled that you've got to just absolutely, completely focus in the moment, every single second that you're in. One, one uh, fleeting, like not focusing, concentrating can be catastrophic, you know, so. Yeah, and you're going like what, 30, more, 30 or more miles an hour downhill? For women, typically about 22 to 28, 27, 28. Yeah, mm -hmm. fast enough, <laughs> you yeah. know. So, yeah, it's, uh, so you have to be very controlled in your mind and your body, you know, the whole time. You don't just start, I mean, no matter how much practice you have, you never just go down the hill willy-nilly, you know. It is very, yeah. very structured, so. Does it kind of slow down? I mean, even though you're flying when you're in that, level of concentration do you almost feel like things slow down a little bit um no i mean the only time i would say that happens is if you're practicing alone and but typically when you're practicing that sort of thing you're you're racing against you know a, a teammate or an opponent you know so you're you're always trying to beat that other person's time you know so no it doesn't slow down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially I just heard that. I just heard that concept of sometimes when you're so concent concentrated, even if you're going fast or moving quickly, your brain, everything slips. around feels like it slows down. And that's how you're able to be, be, I mean, perform so well or in that zone, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. Your sometimes mind is the adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That slows down. I will say that like that adrenaline rush did not happen like it did in the beginning. And I think that's with a lot of things, you know, what, the more you get used to something, the more. Yeah, it's not as exciting. It doesn't excite your brain that much or your emotions. Right. You can see things now, you, you're more controlled. Yeah, things become more automatic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely, right. Well, and on a snatch test, the ones that we have to do after the first never seem as hard. I guess if you came completely unprepared, but they're just not that hard to do anymore. It's still yeah. not enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but you know, you'll get it. You're not afraid yeah. of not getting it. <laughs> yeah. I put the kettlebell down now. Like before yeah. you could put the kettlebell down, that was what was so tough. It was like this. Yeah. And one switch, right? Back one, then. Yep. One switch and you could, could not put it down. You could talk once. And I was like, mm -hmm. and I think now, yeah, you now, if I remember it right, you could also re-chalk. Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah. I think the reason, I'm not sure, but I mean, maybe the reason they allowed it, because there were so many 
people dropping kettlebells or kettlebells like going ballistic, zooming in and out of the room when people were uh, having their were so, hands were so sweaty and adrenaline's kicking in. So I guess they wanted to keep it safer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My last, my last one with Taipei, I, I finally, I, I got my first ever unbroken snatch test in testing because the only time I've done one unbroken snatch test was like three years ago and I surprised myself. So yeah, I mean, as you keep practicing it, it's, it's, yeah, you don't really enjoy it, but it, you, you know that you'll get it. Yeah. Amy's right. So it's just a matter of what's your time and how do you feel afterwards? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. They changed that and they changed the uh, get up. Cause they used to do the bridge. Remember they did the bridge and that get up yeah. beginning yeah. and for safety reasons did the sweep instead. Yeah. My, I was practicing the bridge back then. And then when I found out that you only needed to do the sweep, mm-hmm. then I started practicing doing the sweep more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, are you training yourself right now for anything in particular, Mark? Right now, yes. I it, it never really occurred to me until late last year. So, I was just training because I, yeah, I, I was, as we all know, when you're going to assess, you you're going to have to research, right? Mm-hmm. And just one day, I decided to see how does the 48 feel if I swing it, and I did one arm swings and I did 10 and 10. And then I suddenly realized, hey, I think I could train for Sinister. So that's what I've been training for. And I said, I'll give myself like two to three years to achieve it. So it's not been easy. And I've had to take a few steps back because of the quarantine. But as we say, life goes on and you just have to keep uh, moving forward. Right, right. So you just did sort of a deload? Is that what you did when you went into quarantine? Well, yeah, at first I I went into deload and since... At the gym where I train, the floor is padded, so, and but it's stable. So you're you're confident if you miss a rep, you can just drop the bell, right? Mm-hmm. Now, over here at home, I'm training on a marble floor, but I have mm-hmm. some uh, puzzle mats. So it's really tough if you're going above the 36 for get-ups. So right now, I'm just getting making sure that I'm getting really confident that the, I could toy with a 36 again, and then I'm going to start adding sets of 40. But with the swing... I've managed to get the 100 swings timeless, of course, in sets of 10. I've done it with a 50 kilo, which I, I surprised myself mm-hmm. with a massive handle. So at least I know that I just now have to slowly uh, shave off the time yeah, and then combine yeah. the two. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have a, a goal date in mind? I'm Is- giving myself probably hope. Uh, I'm seeing if I could get it by late 2020. 21 or early 2022 but as i said it's it's there but i'm not gonna push it because you know yeah. when life happens but i'll just keep training yeah yeah, yeah. you'll Great. get it too if you train that way i think it happens and um i really think when people put sinister out there as a goal and then they try to um have a very short timeline maybe do a 12 week kind of a program. It just isn't going to happen. It has to be something that that's what I did. I said, I want to get sinister in 2018. And I think I already had simple. So I just, most of my training was the timeless three days a week. Mm -hmm. And then when I felt close, I used a plan from strong endurance and Mm -hmm. I had to test a couple times. I didn't get it. I submitted and I had, you know, some form, some technique, like a, I think a shoulder that wasn't locked out and it was like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever, do it again. 
yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's like just keep at it, chipping away. Yeah, when I, I was at, I've been, I've actually picked the brains of other people who've uh, done it, and I've gotten like a lot of good information. But the one thing that everyone has been saying is that build a really wide uh, strength base or mm-hmm. strength reserve so that down the road it won't be that challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was so cool too is um, all those get-ups with the heavier kettlebell. I just walked up to the the military press. It was racked one day, and I just easily PR'd my military press. Wow! Yeah, and so I've never been your... able to press. That. I've never. It was a. I think my PR high was a hundred pounds, and I pressed a hundred oh, and five. Oh, twenty-four. Now I. Well, uh, oh, no, sorry. barbell. Oh. And I, um, I've never been able to press it since. <laughs> It was mm-hmm. weird. It was like not training for military press. I PR'd my military press. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting that the getup has a, a lot of uh, carryover depending on uh, what what your body needs. And that's what happens. Like a student of mine hit like two reps for his uh, total, total bar hanging uh, leg race. And he said he's never done that before. But all he's been doing right now is just working towards the time simple standard and some single belt pressing and snatches. And he told him, then he asked me, is that because of all, all the OS you gave me? He said, probably that. But remember that the get up, the get up links your body in ways that you don't you can imagine. So I said, the fact that you're now using a 32 and you're probably a, only 140 pounds, go figure how much strength you'll get. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Crazy. Well, I was going to ask you something that just completely left my mind. <laughs> Take <your> time. <laughs> Oh boy. Do you, are, are you um, into boxing? It said you were a boxing yeah. coach. Do you do some yeah, boxing I was, still? I was, with an, I was a strength coach for the Philippine boxing team from mid 2012 to early 2018. But yeah, I got, I, I was, I am a big boxing fan. I, I'm also a hobbyist and that's the reason why I got the job in the first place. Cause I was always hanging out there in the national center. And when their previous strength coach, I believe stepped down, I was just there. So I decided to volunteer my time. That's awesome. Do you know Claude Abrams? I heard the name, but I'm not really familiar. Yeah, he's a, a boxing guy too. He's in the UK. Um, mm. You guys kind of uh, remind me of each other a little bit actually. So that's why he came to mind, but he'd be somebody mm. to look up for sure. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, if you get to watch how boxers train and the discipline that's required for them to stay in the weight class, especially for amateur boxers. I mean, that is really impressive in itself. Do you do it yourself still? I've never done a boxing match. I have done an MMA match. So yeah, it's, uh, but I have, when I trained with boxing, I got to the point that I am sparring. So I know how it feels to get rocked and hit. (laughs) But but I jokingly say this, (laughs) I've actually had more busted lips with having a toddler than during my time sparring and boxing. <laughs> They're dangerous as top yeah. Oh, yeah. Those little guys. Amanda, yeah. I don't know if you've seen pictures of his little boy, but he is a, so cute. <laughs> He's the cutest little guy. <laughs> I have He's a character. Work. <laughs> yeah. We only it. have boys, too. So we know all about those little rough little yeah. boys. That ours are men now, but yeah, they can be rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember getting whacked in the nose one time with a toy he was sitting on my lap and he just like did that and hit me right in the face and i was like blood everywhere 
you know. <laughs> I got whacked in the head last night with a massager. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all stepped on Lego, I'm sure, and that's no fun. <laughs> Yeah, when I was a kid, oh, yeah. not fun at all. My dad put my brother and I in a boxing club because we fought all the time. He's like, "Well, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it legit, okay?" And we got into this boxing club, and I was just sparring with girls. And then they decided just it was a co-ed club, you know. And they put my brother and I in the ring together one time, and he hit me once in the face, and I was like, "I'm done." I mean, that's I heard symbols. Everything kind of went spotty. And I was like, that, I'm never getting hit in the face again. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's well, it, is, is the jujitsu, so everybody goes to jujitsu now and it, it isn't a lot of that because you don't get hit. And I mean, it's really hard and the skill level is super high, but part of it, it's safer, right? You don't get the hitting in the head all the time and it's a little less risk for the brain injury and... Well, it depends because I mean, I, I got some busted some busted lips back then when we would be grappling since I did jujitsu because I was doing MMA. And yeah, so I would sometimes have like some bruises here because we do the mat burn. So all contact sports have an inherent risk. I guess the reason why some people dislike it because they don't fear that they're going to get punched. So and so they feel that even though they're getting pinned down, it's not as risky or scary as getting hit in the face. Yeah. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The thought of being pinned down makes my breathing labored, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? That uh, claustrophobic feeling of just... Oh, yeah. If you're claustrophobic, you cannot do jiu-jitsu, or you could not do wrestling. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. <laughs> well. Oh, my goodness. I get, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s now, and I know that there's... You know, you could still do anything, but that's just mm -hmm. not something I'm going to try at this point. <laughs> there will always be something you not want to do. Yeah. Anyway. Although she does want to uh, put on a singlet. <laughs> I wanna, yeah, I do. I want to do a powerlifting meet. I was going to sign up mm -hmm. for one. In they had a really nice kind of entry level powerlifting meet scheduled for August, about two hours from me. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be canceled. So eh, next year. That's fine. Is geared. it raw or geared? Or was it raw, raw. or geared? It's raw. Mm. I would never do geared. Yeah. Mm. You would not want to put on the suits. They are not fun at all. <laughs> no. Have you done uh, some powerlifting? Power yeah, yeah. In 2007, we, I did one. And back then, raw was not that uh, well-known. It was not mainstream. So we had, to do, we had to do geared. And I remember that when we were practicing putting on the suits, the wraps, and I felt like a mummy, and I felt like I was getting I was uh, pe getting petrified when they started wrapping my knees. And ah. my uh, workmate had to lift me to the platform so I could do my squats. And then I asked him if he could loosen up the wraps so I could feel my legs. So it was fun. And uh, powerlifting legend, the late Paul Kelso, was there at the meet, and I got to talk shop with him after my uh, my flight. And it was fun. I mean, you learn a lot about yourself during the meets and. You get to meet new friends. You also get to set uh, some mental, mental and physical PRs. Yeah. It just looks like a cool community of people. And um, if I, I, that's, I would love to get a group of kids together and start a powerlifting club in my, in my town. Mm -hmm. 
That would be good. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that meet. That that was like 2007, and I remember my wife just didn't want to do it. She was my girlfriend back then, and then when she saw the girls in her class, she was like, "Darn it! Why didn't I compete?" I just gave her the look. I was. I told you you didn't want to, and you you would probably yeah. like the 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 one who, the girl who won the gold. I think she would have probably outlifted her, her by twenty pounds at the very least. So oh. I, I still I still get on her every now and then that hey if there's a meet you know let's train for it and she because she has performance anxiety. Yeah. But even should. taking a video, she hates it. Yeah. I would have to be like a ninja and hide behind someone to take a video of her lifting. <laughs> Does she train with you now? Do you or do, uh, like with question. kettlebells and she does kettlebells, but she hates it when I take take a video. So sometimes I'd be hiding behind like one of my workmates and taking a set because she's getting really strong. And what's what I really enjoy is that after childbirth, when she started, when she got cleared to start working out again, she's probably at her strongest now. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to get her to press the 24 because she can press the 24 two reps now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good. Tell her just to let you take a video of her just for Amy and me. Yeah. <laughs> I have some old videos, but yeah, because right now what happens, the way, we, uh, the way our setup is, is uh, our old room uh, here, our room here, that's where she trains. And I like I train in my li our living room because mm -hmm. there's the air conditioner is in, in our rooms and she can't stand the heat because she's very intolerant of heat. So she, I don't see her train, but then I'd be hearing her complaining or ranting about like, oh, this training day was really hard, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and she would say, who, who is a crazy, psycho, demented person who would write a program like this? But then she'd do it anyway. <laughs> That's great. That's great. She trains yeah. with kids will That's good. do it too, I'm yeah. sure, as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to train your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your, your spouse, your fiance. So I just give her a program to follow and she doesn't like it. And I, I tell her, okay, try this. And that's all I do. But whatever program she does, she chooses for herself. That's good. Better that way, you know. Yeah. Arguments. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. So look, we are about 45 minutes into this, Mark. Mm -hmm. And if yep. you watch the other podcast, do you know what we do at the end? I'll be honest because I always have to cut short, but. It's okay. <laughs> I'm willing to be surprised. So yeah, hit me. <laughs> we like to do a rapid fire 10 questions at the sure. end of the podcast. You're, you're game for it? Okay. I'm here anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Amy, you, you want me to do it? You doing it? Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't have my questions up. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Mark, here we go. First one. What's your favorite meal? A good steak, but I also love burgers. So basically, I love, I love beef. Okay. Uh, your favorite color? Red. All right. What's the last book you read? The last book I read, it's actually an audiobook. I've been listening to Legacy by James Kerr. Okay. Uh, your most memorable concert? My most memorable concert would be the Bon Jovi concert I watched in 93 since we basically were at Lower Box, if I remember it right, and everyone just gate crashed to go into the stands. Okay. Uh, what is something that people get wrong about you? Oh, here's the thing. Not really wrong, but most people are always surprised at my level of English because they often think because I'm Filipino and I, when they find out I'm born and raised here. And then I always have to say that, yeah, I actually learned English first. It happens yeah. all the time. And 
And on the flip side, locally, people always think I'm not Filipino. Oh, really? Huh. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, okay. When's the last time you had a hysterical laugh? Hysterical laugh? Just a few, uh, I would say recently when my kid, because he likes seeing videos of himself, and there's this one video, I'll send it to you later or tomorrow my time, where he's asking for a cereal bar, and he was really pleading, and then when he watched it, he would be, he would, when he watched it, he just like shrieked out in laughter, and then we, he, my wife and I just found that so funny. So he doesn't take after your wife in that regard. He's fine with being videoed. <laughs> yeah, he actually, sometimes I'd be like uh, answering messages or emails, and then when I'm sitting on the couch, somebody jumps in and then he starts going like, see my keys, see my keys, <laughs> picture, picture. Yeah, so, okay, fine, fine. So I have to, I have to show him the videos and he tell me which ones he wants to see again or the ones that he doesn't like to see. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Um, what is your favorite animal? I, as a pet, I love dogs, but okay. the one that I would love to hold and own, but I know it's illegal, I would love to have an otter. Oh, yeah. I love oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, so actually, cute. here's a funny story. Um, my wife has a workmate who had like some uh, fortune telling cards. And when the reading was done on our kid, they, they pulled out an otter. So, and I, I, before that, I used to pick on my wife because when she would be throwing a fit and mumbling, she has like the sounds that kind of make sounds like an otter. So when the card was drawn, she said, oh, I am never going to hear the end of this from Mark. <laughs> That's really ironic. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. What is something that you procrastinate? I procrastinate in a lot of things, actually. But uh, it really depends on my mood. Mm -hmm. So my mood det the determines my productivity or how long I procrastinate in. Okay. Uh, the last movie you watched? Uh, the last movie I watched, I actually, it's an animated film, the Justice League Apocalypse War. I just watched it today. But on the big screen, I think it was Bad Boys for Life. Okay. All right, last one. Uh, your favorite vacation place. Vacation place. Right now, we've been to Japan thrice. Mm -hmm. And it's good since we went there. The first, last time we were there was with my kid. And it's like we know exactly what to do. So... I would def I don't mind going back to Japan. I wouldn't mind going back to the Bay Area again because that's where my wife and I went uh, after we were when we got married. So I would say either or, depending on which time of the year and where our funds would allow us to go. So either or, and yeah, uh, I guess I both have fun memories in both places. Right. All right. Well, that was it. That's all the Great. questions. Good answers. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on this, Mark. It was really nice to finally get to talk to you and yes. hear more about your life and uh, what you're up to. It was all my, it's a big pleasure, and thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, I will have this um, uploaded to YouTube today and the audio version hopefully right right after and i'll send you the links please share it um and again thank you so much just for for your time and it's real it's been really fun to um hear what you're up to and hopefully we'll be able to 
cross paths in person, you know, maybe in the next year. Yeah, I really hope so, because uh, the last CERT I attended as a student was in Vancouver, so that's Pacific Northwest. I know both yeah. of you hang out there, so maybe, maybe yeah. when this is uh, all over and done with and we're somewhat back to normal, maybe uh, we could meet up there. You never know. Yeah, it'd be great. Great. Yep. Sounds great. All right. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> have a great night and Amanda you have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> Bye Thank guys. You. All right guys. See you later. <laughs>